Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. You guys ready for some gospel? Let's hit it, let's hit it, let's hit it. Make sure and take out your phones. Thank you, my friend. Make sure and take out your phones or whatever you take notes on and take some notes today. Um, Sometimes we can get emotionally, even spiritually charged and hyped up and you get encouraged and you go home and even though it was sincere and the Lord spoke it to you, you're like, what what, what happened? What what was said today? So take notes. We want you to take some notes as, as much as you can. Let the Lord speak to you. Um, I got a few passages that I want to read today, and so we're going to hop around to a few places, but mainly from First First Chronicles chapter four, verse nine and ten. First Chronicles chapter four, verse nine and ten. And by the way, my mother in love is in the house today. Everybody wave. My mother in love on the front row. I thought that was my wife, didn't you? If you uh, ever. This is just a tad bit of wisdom. If you're thinking about marrying somebody, look at their parents first and say, now, do I desire to be married to somebody that looks like that? I can say yes, but just, I just, wisdom, just take it or leave it. Just, anyway, I bless you with that. It's free in Jesus' name. You don't even have to listen to that, but just don't say you you weren't warned. But anyway, I bless y'all with that revelation in Jesus' name. First Chronicles chapter four, verse nine and 10. And uh, this is usually the only part you ever hear from, First Chronicles chapter 4, because Jabez is the man. Probably, I don't know if it was four weeks ago, um, or maybe a little bit more, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I was actually up here doing some cleaning, and they just told me to consider Jabez, and I've been reading and pondering and thinking. I know it was for me personally, but I want to just bring it before you guys today. And uh, I've been challenged a little bit in the area of prayer. They didn't even know when they were singing today about just believing for the impossible and just trusting the Lord to do things. It was really speaking to me in confirmation about the direction that we're supposed to be going. And also, I got an amazing text message this morning from a friend. It was all on prayer. Got one last night from Matt, who had no clue it was on prayer. So I know we're supposed to be talking about prayer, and maybe we'll take potentially the next few weeks and just dive into prayer if you can. Be here this upcoming Thursday night at 6.30. We're just coming to pray. Everybody say this. Say, prayer is our air. I want you to hear that. Prayer is our air. We absolutely need to pray. Most of the, anyway, most of the time we have lack in a lot of our areas. I don't just mean financially. I'm telling you largely in part um, because we, don't pray, or when we try to pray, the scripture says we ask amiss, but you have not because you, so I think prayer should be vital to what we do, and I know we talked about it today, don't forget that next Sunday, um, there will not be a church service like we're doing today, but we are doing something more powerful than having church, we're going to be the church, okay, and so we need you to come, if you can get here and join with us, 100%. It's not a question. It's actually the biggest thing that we do. So it's not a question whether or not we need your help. We need your help. If you can be on this property to help us, we greatly appreciate it. Um, and if you didn't today, if you haven't purchased a backpack or markers or pencils, and you say, you know what, I just don't have time to do that, you can actually just 
straight through Cash App. Just make a memo and put this is for back to school. We'll know where it's going. So we're going to pick up some more stuff this week and hopefully be a huge blessing to those that need it this upcoming weekend. All right, First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. This is what it says. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, I want you to hear this, saying, because I bore him in pain. So one more time, she called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And when he was older now, of course, he's been born, he's older, and Jabez called on the God of Israel. Remember, Jabez didn't know Jesus, right? So this is years ahead of the beauty of the new covenant. But from what he did know about God, he knew that God was a God you could call on. And he called on the God of Israel. And this is what he said. And he said, oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge, everybody say enlarge. And enlarge my territory. That your hand would be with me. And that you would keep me from evil. That I may not cause pain. So God granted him. What he requested. Now look at Matthew 19 and verse 26. Matthew 19 and verse 26. And I think I sent you all of these, Miss Marcia. Okay, dokie. Matthew 19, verse 26. So Jesus looks at them, and this is what he says With men, this is impossible, but I want you to hear this B clause of this verse. But with God, what? I want you to hear that. With God, it's the God that Jabez prayed to. With God, all things are possible. Now that was Jesus, the Son of God, talking. Now let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 37. This is Gabriel speaking here. An angel whose sole purpose of existence, he's a messenger of God. He stands in the raw, unfiltered presence of God. And when he gives a message, you need to listen to it. This is Luke 1, 37. He tells this to Mary. For with God, nothing would be impossible. Once again, this isn't a preacher talking. This is an angel who stands in the raw presence of God, who's only delivered messages on behalf of God. So he's seen God do everything God ever said he would do. And when Mary had a slight question about how's this thing that God said going to happen, he says, look, the only thing you need to know is this. With God, nothing will be in." possible. One more verse, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. This is a refrigerator Bible verse. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And uh, I'll probably stop there and then uh, we'll just share a little bit with you. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. This is Paul. Now unto him, everybody say him is God. Now unto him who is able, so God who is able to do what? Exceed, li listen to these words, exceedingly, what else? abundantly, and I love this, above all that we what? Or what? Think. Now, let me tell you why this is profound. I can ask and think some amazing things. Seriously. If I had to pause and say, what is the craziest thing you could ever, ima ever imagine God doing? It's kind of like what Wes and Vanessa were saying. I did not see myself doing this in a year. What is the craziest thing you can imagine God doing 
And Paul says, I want to tell you something. He's still able to do more than that. Y'all are really quiet. I just, just missed a good place to say amen. He says, you can stop and think about the craziest thing you can ask or think. And he says, Papa is still able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that you ask or think. But, let me tell you what you never heard a pastor say, but this is only in accordance to if you and I are aware of what's working in us. Father, thank you for truth today. In Jesus' name. If you remember, and it was September of last year. I've never had a word for the year, but for me, the word was more. So I preached in September of last year what the word would be for me for this year. I got it in September. We preached and uh, it was our, actually our New Year's, our first Sunday, I think it was message for the year. But anyway, we preached it back in September. The word was more. And it wasn't like more breakthrough, more blessings, more miracles. For me, it was, it was more stewardship. Um, it was more boundaries. It was more organization. It was more structure. But how many know that on the other side of more structure, more organization, more stewardship, there is more blessing. There is more breakthrough. Um, but what I had to do before any of that is I had to look at the chaos of my own life. Like when the Lord says, I want to put some stuff in order. Okay. Until you have to put it in order. And you're like, man, my life's out of order. But the Lord doesn't never do anything to embarrass us. He wants to help us. And so I began to, re, to restructure some things. And it has affected me and impacted me deeply in a whole lot of ways. And I trust that what you hear today you won't just hear a sermon. I want you to hear the heartbeat of the Lord. If you're taking notes, just listen, think, be moved in your heart. Before our heavenly father is a creator, before he is even a redeemer, before he is a miracle worker, he is first a father. He's first a father. And what that means for me is this, is like I love to get things for my kids. My baby girl is eight years old. She'll be nine in October. And there is never, capital N-E-V-E-R, there is never a time when it is just me and her alone writing that she doesn't ask me for a Slurpee. I'm just saying, never a time, ever. So, and I am an extremely hands-on dad, just whatever that means. I'm an extremely hands-on dad. So I like to take them places to do all the stuff with them. And she loves it to be me and her because I know she's going to ask. And she's like, Dad. And I don't even have to say what anymore. Um, but just to play along, I say what. And I have a Matthew 6, 8 moment. You know what Matthew 6, 8 says? Jesus says, the Father knows what you have need of before you even, I'm just call it prophetic or I just know 7-Eleven, but I know what she's going to ask me for, right? She's like, can I have a Slurpee? And I'm like, Sailor, what do you think? Do you think you can have a Slurpee? And that's just our thing. Somebody's like, you shouldn't be giving your kids Slurpee. Get over it. So we go and I get her Slurpee, right? I can even tell you what kind she's going to get because we've gotten so many Slurpees. I know what she desires in this case before she even asks. But isn't it true of a parent? Like you want to be able to give your kids things when they ask you for it. 
They may not even be a need, but you, it, it's awesome to get it for them. What's the beauty about Christmas? I'm going to tell you, my mother in love is in the room today. I remember the very first time I did Christmas with them. I think it was 2007 or 8. Now, I grew up not poor. Poor is P-O-O-R. I grew up po. So a big Christmas to me was like, real talk, you're going to get some socks? Y'all ain't even ready for this. I'm about to age myself. My grandma... Who was, she was older than dirt. My grandma, she was going to get me. Listen, I'm five. My grandma got me brute cologne. Y'all ain't even saying nothing. You could smell it at church when I put it on at my house. And I was turning heads, but don't get me wrong. It wasn't like, man, he smells good. It was like, did that brother just put on brute? So I'm five wearing my grandma's Christmas gift to, to school wearing brute. Okay, do y'all remember? Do y'all remember the color of the container? Look at that. Y'all had the same grandma. You could throw brood at somebody and knock them out. I mean, it was, it, was, it was bad. The guy that invented brood is probably in prison because he invented brood. It was bad. So she bought me brood. And I don't know if these pants are still around. It's like my mom was going to get me socks. My grandma was going to get us this, uh, you know, mud water and then my aunt she would buy the pants for us they had a brand called rustlers Ooh. i've only seen one kind of they were really dark blue and they had them gold stitching in the side and you had to work out your legs to be able to bend them <laughs> i'm pretty sure they were made with cavalry but i can't prove it but it was Rustlers, and that was my christmas we had nothing watch what i'm telling you my, I don't know. I think I would have even been, watch this. Embarrassed isn't the right word, but we just didn't ask for anything because I knew my parents' financial status. But now as a dad, I tell my kids all the time, matter of fact, I sent a video to my brothers the other day. We were school shopping two days ago. I sent it to my dad and I sent it to my brothers. I said, my kids have no clue how blessed they are. I told my son, I said, you get more in one school shopping trip, son, than I got in the 12 years that I went to school. Like, literally. But it's Christmas time. I'm hanging out with my parents. Uh, they weren't even my in-laws at the time. I just chose not to go home. We're living in Oklahoma City. And my now father in love was like, hey, come spend Christmas with us. I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. And we're just hanging out. Now, my mother-in-law don't do nothing small. She don't even know how to spell small. Okay, so we we... We go, I go over there for Christmas. I'm thinking they're going to be opening a few gifts. Well, the Millers did it different than the Joneses did it. Let me just say that. And I go, like for real, and I was so moved at what I saw. And it wasn't even the amount of gifts, though it was gifts. I watched the joy in the kids and in the parents as they opened gifts. And it took me everything within me not to cry. But I watched Bishop Miller and my mother-in-law, Pastor Kathy, I watched them just light up every time a kid would open a gift. We'd be opening gifts for like three or four hours. Y'all laughing because y'all think that's a joke. Because my mother-in-law wanted to see an individual. Now, you open your gift, 
And I'm like, we're going to be here till Jesus comes based off what her. She's still the same way. Don't look at her. Look at me. And so, and I'm like, how, how, how long, how long we're going to be doing this? <laughs> but they wanted to take everything in when the kid opened it up. And she has to take 27 pictures of every gift. Jesus of Nazareth. And that's still true, too. So we would take all these pictures, and, but they were taking in the joy of the kids. And, and I, would, I would hear him say, she'd say, isn't that what you ask for? Isn't that what you ask for? And I'm telling you, as a dad, one of the highlights right now of my almost 41 years of being on the planet is when I am able to get my children something. It doesn't matter if it's a t-shirt or Slurpee or the one thing they wanted at Christmas. And it does something in my heart that it's kind of difficult, if I'm being honest with you, to put into words. And if I'm trying to communicate what prayer is like for me at the moment, it is nothing more than a conversation. But at the same time, there's this divine interaction that happens with the spirit of a man when you want to engage in a posture of prayer. And I, I spend time in thanksgiving in prayer. A lot of times I spend time, you know, I'll, I'll get a psalm from me usually and I'll quote something to the Lord in prayer. And there's times I'm just like, at the same time, I'm like, Lord, as I'm enjoying you, you do know what I have need of, right? And I know he knows the things that I need in my life. I love what, what Wes was saying. Real talk, it takes money to go to the doctor. It takes money for you to buy food. It, I mean, it just takes money to do certain things. And I'm like, Lord, you know what we need this month, right? It, it, trust me, it definitely takes money to do this. And the Lord is not intimidated by doing things for us. But I think sometimes... Our unwillingness to ask is a reflection on how we view him and us. So I want my kids to always be able to ask me what's on their heart and what they desire. And I want to be able to give them an answer. But if it makes me feel this good to do this as a earthly father, I want to use the words of Paul. How much more so does our heavenly father's heart delight when we come to him, take delight in him and say, Lord, you put this on my heart to desire. But I'm trying to figure out how to make this thing happen. Like, seriously, seriously. And so I want you to see Jabez. Jabez is amazing. He has two verses in the Bible. There's nothing else in the Bible about Jabez. Most people can't even read through the chapters surrounding this because it's all about this guy had this guy and this guy had this guy and this guy had this guy as a son and this guy had this guy as a son. I'm like, man, this is a boring portion of the Bible. And then you get to here and it's like the Holy Spirit said, let me help them out. There was also a guy named Jabez. Here he goes. He was more honorable than his brother's. His mother called his name Jabez, verse 9, because she bore him in pain. If you're taking notes, write this down. Jabez simply means pain or sorrow. That's it. It just simply means pain or sorrow. Names are still highly significant, but in the Bible, they were very significant. Right? And so she named him pain or sorrow because when she was having him, the birth was one of pain. So she said, I'm going to name this boy Payne. Now, I have no clue why Jesus 
I've heard some bad names for some kids. Don't get me wrong, but to call your kid pain is a horrible thing. So Jabez is at his elementary school, and the teacher says, hey, Jabez, come here. What does he hear? Pain, come here. He's having a birthday party. We're here to celebrate pain. And so his whole life, watch this, he was reminded of where he came from, pain or sorrow, his whole life. And eventually, he gets to this age in life where he says, man, they got to be more than life than this. Literally, his tribe of Israel was this. When Israel finally went into the promised land, the tribe of Naphtali got this portion allotted to them. The tribe of Dan got this portion allotted. So every tribe literally had an allotment of land. And if you were a part of that tribe in that allotment of land, you had a certain allotment of land in the tribe. You tracking with me? Jabez gets there to finally he gets his plot of land and they would literally mark their land with stones. And he walks out one day and sees his allotment of land. And he literally says this. Lord, would you bless me indeed? And he says this. You're going to have to enlarge my. I'm just trying to plainly tell you what's happening in scripture. He looks at where he is, at the allotment that he has, and he said, this ain't enough. Not for what you're putting in my heart. I'm going to need you to enlarge my territory. And let me tell you what that looks like. It looks like your hand being with me. Everybody say presence. And that you keep me from evil. That's things that I don't want you to allow me to get caught up in. And also... Don't let me do to others what has been spoken over me. I do not want to cause pain. And that prayer moved the heart of Yahweh. And it says this, that Yahweh granted him what he requested. I want to ask you a question. What is the thing that you believe that God has spoken to you or put into your heart to do? Are you ready for this next quote? If what you believing for isn't intimidating to you, it may be insulting to your God-given potential. I'm going to say it again. If the thing that you are believing that God has put in you to do is not intimidating to you, you may very well be insulting your God-given potential. Consider Jesus. The whole Bible, really. Where does God ever ask people to do anything that it seemed like on the surface they could get it done? Hey, David, you go take on Goliath. Boys don't kill giants with rocks and rags. Right? Hey, Gideon, (laughs) you go take on these people. Now, I ain't going to do it. I'll do it, but I'm going to get a big army. Okay. And then what does the Lord do? Wanes this massive army down to 300 men. And he says, now you can go do it. Why does God always ask us to do things? Watch this. That seemingly on the surface seem larger than us. Moses, go tell Pharaoh to what? Let my people go. Ready for this one? Dr. Martin Luther King, I'm going to use your life to end some things. Ready? I'm just saying this. If the Lord is dipping it in your heart to do, 
it'll always seem bigger than you, but watch this. But it's supposed to push us on a fresh dependency on the Lord. That's what he's trying to do. So every time God asked somebody to do something in the scripture, it wasn't to make them afraid. It was to create this fresh dependency on the Lord. And I'm listen, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know what the oldest person in the room is. I'm almost 41. I can literally look back at my life, Tiffany, and say, man, when God asked me to do that thing in my past, I thought that was impossible or extremely difficult. But what did it do? It made a fresh dependency upon me and from the Lord. And now I look back and I got these series of things that I used to be called, I used to would have called them impossible. And the first time you do it, it's no longer impossible. As a matter of fact, I can go back and do anything in my past. Now watch this. And it doesn't even require faith anymore. Because once you do it, it doesn't require it anymore. And then you're like, oh, well, that used to be impossible. What happened? You trusted in that area. What happened? You trusted in that area. You don't even know, but you're sitting in the building of trust. The chair you're sitting on was trust. You trusted yourself into that thing. And that's how it happens. So if God is speaking to you about doing something, becoming something, starting something, first of all, it's connected to his heart. It will always seem larger than you. Don't run from it. Say, God, I'm trusting in you in this area to make this thing happen. Right? Accomplishing the impossible is all about seeing the invisible. Accomplishing the impossible is all about seeing the invisible. Jabez, a life of sorrow, a life of pain, came to a day. He's like, they got to be more than life than this. And he says, the first thing I'm going to do, if you're taking notes, write this down, is I'm going to call on the God of Israel. Now watch this. This is in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. The revelation they had of God up until this point was what? How did he know to call on the God of Israel? Well, in history, up until this point, what had God did in the life of Israel? Somebody shout something at me. He had done what? He rescued him from Egypt. How did he do it? What did he do? Sent Moses. So God is a deliverer sender. He parted the Red Sea. So watch this. I'm just being very, very practical with you. He drew faith for his now based off what God had did in his nation in the past. See, I know he is a Red Sea splitter. (laughs) Watch this. I know that God is a God of exits. You have a whole book in the Bible called what? Exodus. These lights were to go out. You know what, what lights are hopefully wouldn't go out are the exit signs. And that just means if ain't nothing else working in a case of emergency, you always got a way of an escape. And do you understand that our God is so bad? He's so amazing. He's so wonderful. He says, I will always create a way of escape. And Jabez thinks about who God is and he says, well, okay. I know that God is a sea splitter. He can make a way of an escape. They would have had Genesis. He knew that God was a creator. What's something else? What's something else? Think Joshua. What happened in Joshua? They bring down walls. Come on. He's just looking in his past. 
to build faith for what he needed in the now. And I want to ask you, maybe it's not your own life. If you're believing God for something, look around you and say, man, if God did that in Matthew's life, if God did that in Alyssa's life, I mean, Ken told me this story. And what happens is, is you build faith for what God is telling you by gleaning from the testimonies of other people. This is why testimonies are important. You kidding me? You could tell. I could take my mother on a lunch and she could ramble off for days about things that God has done. And what does it do? It gives me fuel for what I'm believing God to do in my heart. And Jabez looks back in his past because he called on the God of Israel. And when he looked back at what God had done, he's, you know, the old saying, if God did it then, what? I know I can do it now, but it was literally fuel for his present. Something we don't do enough, man, is we don't sit down with people and share our God stories. We do, we, we do not do this enough. Because we, I'm going to tell you one reason why we lost the power of a dinner table. And what we really need to do is guys my age or even younger sit down with people a little bit older and say, let me hear your story. Do you know that in the Bible, in the book of Judges, it's one of the scariest verses in the Bible to me. It says, there arose a generation who knew not the Lord, neither the things that he did. You know how that happened? Because they failed to sit down and have Christ-centered conversations about what God had done. And when they lost the stories of the preceding generation, they lost the work of God in their current generation. And Jabez said, I'm going to look back in the past at what God has done, and I believe it'll give me fuel for what he's telling me to do now. Everybody say, I got potential. You got potential in you. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. Number two, he says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. I love this. Jabez didn't let where he came from pain become the ceiling of where he wanted to go. I have told you guys so much. I, I, I don't want my parents' financial status to be my ceiling, and neither do they. Do they. I don't want their marital, their, their marital status to be my ceiling, and neither do they. I don't want their relationship status to be mine, and neither do, do they. I don't want their creativity ceiling to be my ceiling, and neither do they. I'm telling you, every parent in the room should want your kids to outdo you in every single genre. And Jabez says, I don't want my starting place of pain to be the ending place of everybody else that comes around me. You catch that? So he says, bless me indeed. So what am I going to do to make sure that that thing doesn't happen? I'm going to ask God to bless me. I'm going to ask God to bless me. That can call me pain. But I want you to see where I end up in life. And you'll have to look back and say, you know what, man? That brother did start out in pain, but look what the Lord has done. Right. To ask somebody to bless you the way Jabez asked God means this. You believe that you're going. I would never ask anybody that I felt like couldn't help me to help me. So when you ask for help, you're essentially saying, I believe you have the power, the potential, the resources to do this. It was a sign of humility. Some people don't ask for help because they're prideful. Self-included. But it is a powerful thing to go to God in a place of prayer and say, Lord, I believe you put this on my heart. Show me how, because I have no clue how to make this thing work. And 
Jabez says, the first thing I want you to do is bless me. In other words, speak well over me, which the father obviously did. And then he said, watch this, enlarge my territory. If you're taking notes, write this down. My father in love used to say this often. God will always enlarge your life. First, watch this, first from the inside out. This is so key. This is so key. Everything about salvation really is an inside job first. First, God gives us a new heart. That's inside. He changes how we think. That's inside. Why is that important? Because unless God changes how we think, we'll always repeat the past. I'm going to tell you something. If you want a different day tomorrow than you have today, it only happens first if you change your thinking. If not, our tomorrows will end up with this spiritual Groundhog Day syndrome. They'll always look like today unless we change the way our thinking. So I'm telling you, I bet you the first thing that happened inside of Jabez, it's already happening, was this thinking began to change. You see that when you read those two passages, enlarge my territory. I will, but I'm going to do it from the inside out first. Why? Because I want to create a structure in your life that can sustain the thing you're asking me for. If I build a, a two-story house, and on, t- on the side of that two-story house, I build a balcony. And the balcony has a weight capacity, a structured weight capacity of, say, 3,000 pounds. But I, you know, I'm being bad, and I put 6,000 pounds of weight on a 3,000-pound structural support system. What's going to happen, probably? Most likely, it's going to give way. Why? Because I put more weight on a structure that it was designed to hold. And a lot of us are asking for things. And I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why. Not all the time, but sometimes it doesn't happen. Because what we're asking for isn't wrong. But we want God to fast track us there. And God says, I can't do that yet because you don't have the support system in your life to sustain that. But if you'll let me enlarge your territory, watch this, from the inside out first. Do you have the struggle? You need a prayer life first. I want to get it. I want it to be so that when you get there, you, it's not short-lived. I want to teach you humility. I want to give you death. I want to teach you grace. Because sometimes you can get so blessed that it doesn't take long. Somebody does something wrong and the first thing comes out of your mouth, you don't have blessed language even though you're in a blessed place. And you end up vacating what God gave you because you didn't have a support system. You didn't have a structure system. I'm going to enlarge you, Jabez, but I got to do something on the inside of your life first. So watch this. Here's my prayer. God, don't enlarge my territory without first enlarging me. Don't enlarge my territory without first enlarging me. Because what if I would have been the savior of the world and I would have had the same power that Jesus had and you let somebody come out and try to get me? Come on, if you'd have been Jesus, would you have let him whoop you? I would have been like, I'm fixing to command this tree to snatch your legs off. Tree, get him. I mean, if I was Jesus. Bishop T.D. Jake said, you can't stand to be blessed. (laughs) You can't stand to be blessed. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. All right, here you go. Let me just give you some points, some things to remember. Some things to remember. One is God already knows what you need. That's Matthew 6, 8. He said the Father, this is Jesus talking, the Father knows what you have need of before you even ask. But he didn't say don't ask. Ask. 
But what confidence to know the Father knows what you need. He's omniscient. He knows all. But ask. When I think about I have not because I asked, and I'm like, man, I have lacked a lot in my life because I I did. I failed to ask. I failed to ask. I failed to ask. Number two, ask big. I'm telling you, ask big. It is a lot easier to hit the target if you shoot for something big than it is to hit something small. Ask big. Ask big. One of the people that taught me how to ask big, once again, my mother in law, she's in the circle. Listen, guys. We, we would go on shopping sprees for stuff to do outreaches and stuff, and we would mess whole stores up. I, <laughs> we went to several times, we went to, we went to Home Depot. Like, we would go to like the Home Depot like after Christmas is over, and the spirit of persuasion would come on my mother-in-law. I know several people done lost their job because she'd be like, I want to buy all these three aisles if you'll give it to me like 90% off. And that guy's like, huh? She, and then she'd be like, uh, where's your, go get your manager. And I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. I said, 27 carts later. But watch this. Watch. You don't know unless you ask. You don't know unless you ask. Because I would have never done that. I didn't have faith for that. But watch this. She had traversed that. Anyway, that wasn't her first time doing that. First time he have told me no, I'm like, okay, I tried, Lord. No, no, no. She'd be like, where's your boss? Oh, we, we've never done anything like that. Ask anyway. I've shared this story here before about Alexander the Great. About uh, He had a guy that did something for him. It was very, very minimal. And the treasurer asked him, what do you want to be paid? And it was an obscene amount of money. It was like several hundred thousand dollars. And the treasurer said, Alexander the Great will have your head because you're trying to cheat him out of his money. And when the treasurer goes to Alexander the Great... To say, hey, this is what this guy is asking for what he did. Alexander said, pay the man. He said, pay him? I want to take his head off him. He said, no, pay the man. He said, why would I pay him what he did for you versus what he's asking you for? That's an insult. He's cheating you. He said, no, 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 no. He says, he's honoring my wealth by asking me for so much. Because you wouldn't ask somebody to do it if you first didn't think they could do it. And actually, you are insulting me by thinking I couldn't do it. I want, I want to throw it. I need one of them sponges so bad. Somebody literally brought me some sponges. They said, you can throw one. You feel like throwing it. So, so, so look, I, I'll take a sponge. So if it hits me again, I can throw it. I can throw it like a sponge. Like a, you got more? You got, I'll take a sponge. Like, okay. Thank you, Brad. It says love. Like, okay. I'm going to throw <laughs> So. The guy said, you're honoring my wealth by asking me for so much. And I'm just saying this. I'm just saying this. The reason in my life, even in the things of God, I thought I was being humble. Really what I was showing is a faulty mindset about myself and who my dad was. When in the core of my being, if you ask me, I got great things I would want to do. So when I was vacuuming here a few weeks ago and the Lord hit me with Jabez, he said, would you consider Jabez? Yes, I'm considering Jabez. Ask, Josh, ask me to enlarge a territory 
then embrace the process of what that looks like. I'm going to challenge how you think about things because it's important. Ask big. And the man said, he's honoring my wealth by asking me for so much. So if I was if I was honoring him by asking him for so much, then the antithesis is true. Maybe I'm dishonoring him by asking him for too little. Ask, ask, ask. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, chapter seven, seven and eight, he said, ask and you shall what? Seek and you shall what? Knock and you and what happens? For to him that asks, he receives. And to him who seeks, he finds. And to him that knocks, the door shall be opened. What's the first letter of ask? What's the first letter of seek? What's the first letter of knock? Can you hear the Son of God trying to elaborate on the heart of his extravagant father? Said He just wants you to ask. He just wants you to ask and to believe. That God is willing to do it. Listen to John chapter 14. Verses 13 and 14. It's a big deal for me. And whatever you ask in my name, Jesus says, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In context here, he's actually talking about miracles, signs, and wonders. Well, now, would I ask for those? I hope so. But he's also enlarging the way the disciples think about God. Like a lot of us have reserved God for what we would call spiritual things, but I'm telling you, there is no separation between spiritual and secular. God cares as much about where you work, where you live, what you drive, where you vacate, what you wear, as much as you do the sermon you hear on a Sunday morning, because he's a father. He's a father. And he wants to enlarge our life. Come on, Alyssa, back to the keys for me. We're going to wrap up here. So one, I want you to understand this. God already knows what you need, but he is saying ask. And when you ask, ask big. Man, ask big. I'm tired of asking small and hitting the target. (laughs) I'm tired of asking small and hitting the target. This year, I branched out, and I did some stuff I never do. I was told I couldn't plant a church. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You ain't saying nothing. So you can't do it. As if it was just me. God will always partner with people who others seem like they don't know enough, they don't have enough contacts, they don't have enough money, they don't have enough experience. David should have never been king, but God. Moses should have never been the the deliverer of Israel, but God. I am so glad, Matthew, that Paul records in the book of Corinthians to the church at Corinth. Let me just just read what Paul says about those whom God chooses to do anything with. Listen. Whom God chooses to do anything with. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This is what Paul says in verse 26, 27, 28. For don't you see your calling, brethren? 
that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, they're not called. So God ain't looking for just wise, just mighty and noble people. Well, if you ask yourself what the opposite of those things are, that's what he's looking for. But God has chosen the what? Foolish things. I'm going to say this and some foolish people of the world. Why did he do this? To put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world and seemingly weak people to shame the things which appear to be mighty. And God chose the base things or the bottom things of the world, which we would despise. But yet God chose the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Why did you do this? Because I wanted no flesh to glory in my presence. And I, if you want to find yourself in the Bible, I find myself right there. I'm going to tell you a story of what happened in prayer one time for me. This was in 2001. This is the same year that I was awakened to what was already done for me in Christ Jesus. I am, this is a Wednesday night. I am sitting in my house. True story. I'm sitting in my house. This happened two Wednesday nights in a row, by the way. And a lady shows up in my house. I didn't know her. All she heard about me was, I'm even sad to say I was preaching back then because it was not gospel. It was a lot of stuff. It was from the Bible, but it wasn't gospel. She showed up in my house crying. Me and my mom were sitting down eating. And she, I was like, what's, what's going on? She's like, I just, I just want prayer. Her son was in the, uh, um, what branch of the military was that? I think Air Force. Um, but anyway, he's in the Air Force. She wanted him home. And he wanted to be home, but couldn't come home. So, you know, we just prayed. The next Wednesday night, I kid you not, she knocks at my door again. Same, same that she's crying. My pastor, his name was Craig Jones, no relation, but Craig Jones is there. She comes in. I said, do you want some food? She's like, no. I said, well, just hang out in the living room and we'll, we'll pray in a second. And we prayed the simplest prayer for that lady. I don't remember what we prayed the first night, but I remember my, my pastor praying. And we just prayed that, Lord, that you would just answer this prayer the way it needed to be answered. Listen, while we're praying, three times her phone rang. Three times. She hung up every time. Finally, my pastor's like, you can take that call. It was her son. This happened while we were praying. I don't remember 100% of the details, but I do remember he had a tattoo of Jesus that was causing major issues, okay? And they were dismissing him because of that. Why? I don't ask me the details about it. I have no clue why. That's what he called to tell his mom. Like, I'm coming home. I'm like, now, hold on. We're praying. Mama's praying. And God does that the same time while we're praying. Oh, Jesus tattoo was just extra for me. And I'm like, man, God cares about everything. And Isaiah 65, 24 hit me. He says this, it shall come to pass that while you're praying, I will have already begun to move. Y'all ain't saying nothing. No, it shall come to pass that while you're praying, I will have already begun to move. Do you understand that there are some immediate miracles that happen on the other side of your prayer? So here's what I'm asking Jesus to do. That one, we would allow him to revive us in the place of prayer. We're going to, I think we just need to talk about this for a few weeks. About that makes us people of presence, but it also makes us people of petition. It also means we're spiritual people, but it also means we're people of strategy. I want to be spiritual and have a strategy. I want to pray and let the Lord give me a plan of action. 
to know that God cares about what's on our heart. If he put it on our heart, then you can trust him to do it. Some things have to be birthed in a place of prayer. And you can see Jabez saying, man, I don't know how old he was, but he walked out. He's like, I know God has more for my life. Can I ask you something? What would have happened if Jabez never walked out and said, and said, God, would you enlarge my territory? That would have been his territory to the day that he died. And you probably would have heard nothing about his life, but he had enough faith to believe that I believe there's more for me in life than this. So this year, I stepped out and I said, I'm, I'm going to just try to start a, 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 a few businesses and just kind of see what happens. It was in my heart to do it. Some of us are more, so spiritual. We're more spiritual than God. We're waiting for God to tell us something like specifically, like you want a rock to fall down and an angel to appear and there be this heavenly choir. And you want the Lord to say, this is the thing I'm calling thou to do. That may happen for you, but don't wait on it. Let me tell you something I learned from my father-in-law. Do it this way. The psalmist says this, as you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desire. That doesn't mean if you want a car and and you're happy in God, you get a car. It means, no, no, no. As you are delighting yourself in him, who he is, and doing the things that you know you're supposed to be doing, he puts the thing in your heart that you're supposed to be desiring. And and how many knows, if you start desiring what's in his heart, He literally gives you the grace to do it. So in November of last year, that's the the month that my mom passed. I had been for probably over a year. I had been desiring to buy an RV for business purposes. Kept talking myself out of it, 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 talking myself into it, talking myself out of it. Talk to some people. That's a great idea. Talk to other people that don't believe God for nothing, that are super spiritual. I surprised you I wouldn't do it. You know those people. I ain't going to call no names. Don't look to your left or your right, but you know those people. Finally, it was what Wes said. What are you going to do in here? Jesus said, you'll know the will when you do it. So worked on my credit for almost eight months. Got the credit right to go get it. Watch it. This is how, look, found some guys on YouTube that really educated my financial literacy. How, how much detail can I do? called American Express, said, I've been with y'all for almost 20 years. Would you give me a credit card in the name of this LLC that I started? They said yes. Gave me a credit card because I didn't want to spend my money. So I took their money, took that credit card, went and got the RV with it with their money. Took that same credit card, bought the stuff to redo the RV with their money. Now I rent the RV out on four different platforms and I let the RV pay the credit card back, pay its own payment and give me a little bit on the side. Hold on, listen. It may not mean much to you, but I'm just telling to me, that's huge. That's huge. I got another company. I need to start scaling it. It's, I'm just trying to give you real faith stories, okay? When Jack B's hit Oklahoma City, I said, man, somebody got to clean their headquarters when they build it. I just wouldn't ask, can I do that? Uh, yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I'm a pretty good cleaner. So I just asked a couple people, hey, would y'all like to get paid this amount of money to clean this? But yeah. So I hired some people, showed them how to do it, and now they do it. Now I need to add more. But no, listen, please hold your applause. I'm just telling you, God never said, hey, Joshua, go do this, 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 and then I'll do this, this, this. I just said, would you take this Native American kid 
who was raised in abstract poverty, who never knew what a healthy marriage looks like, who never knew what healthy parenting looked like, who definitely didn't know what a healthy financial situation looked like, would you please enlarge my territory? And from here first, he wouldn't say, yeah, if, if you'll let me, but it's going to start in here. And I am so challenged today, but I got, I feel like a hundred God stories that I can sit back and tell you, but look what the Lord has done. Come on, stand to your feet with me. And you get a sponge and you get a sponge and you get a sponge. Ken, keep writing songs, man. He's an author. And he makes, I know he does some instrumental stuff. Keep writing them. Wes and Vanessa, keep building because your story inspires me. Your story inspires me. Jerry, keep building, bro. Keep building. Part thing to keep enlarging your territory. Let the Lord keep doing it. Somebody else who encourages they don't even know how much they encourage me. Devon, keep dreaming. Your story is so encouraging. Keep doing it. Sharon, keep working that thing on the side, what you're doing. Keep doing it. And for, listen, I don't know everybody's story, but I'm telling you, inside of you right now is everything you need to accomplish the thing that Abba has called you to do. Get along with the Lord and say, dip into my heart that thing. It may not be a specific do this, but if the desire comes, you won't know it's God until you do it. We will either one day, watch what I'm telling you, toward the end of our days, we'll sit on the sidelines and say, boy, I wish I would have. And live in regret, or we'll say, boy, I'm glad I stepped out and I did it. Will you, will you fall sometimes? Yes, we will. But man, I'm telling you what, the times you don't, and you actually get in there and you swing and you hit the ball, you'll look back and say, man, that was the Lord. That was the Lord. I want to stir you to be a people of prayer. To believe God, to hear, to not be limited by where you come from or the labels that were on you like Jabez. Believe God for the things he's putting in your heart to do. And if you specifically hadn't heard anything, just say, God, enlarge my territory. I'm going forward. If it's not what he asked you to do, trust me, as a loving father, he'll step in and say, now that right there, that's definitely not it. That's definitely not it. Would you lift your hands with me? Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. That through scripture and through history, you have shown us enough about who you are that we can trust you for the things you've dipped in our hearts to do. May we forever believe that. Lord, teach us to spend time with you. Teach us to delight in your presence. Let us know the beauty of your hand. That's your presence being with us. I want to know the beauty of what it means to be kept from evil. At the same time, I want to know the beauty of what it means for you to enlarge our territories. Matthew, I've said this before. Right, young man. I'm just, uh, why it's on my heart. Right, 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 right. Continue, Lord, to enlarge our territory as a family. There's things this city needs that it has to come through the ecclesia. There's things this region needs it has to come through dreamers. There's things this region needs it has to first be attained in the place of prayer. But once that happens, God, I believe everything changes. Thank you for the grace to believe you, Lord, for what used to be in a dreaming stage to be brought down into a planning stage and from a planning stage to an implement, implement, implementation stage. And from that stage, Lord, we literally get to hold in our hands what was first a dream somewhere in our heart. And before it even comes to pass, I say thank you. Now, you need to do that over your own dream. I'm telling you, before you hold it in your hands, if you can get it in your heart, you can say thank you right now.
Because if you can see it right now in a dreaming stage, our God doesn't start anything until he first finished it. And the very fact that you can dream about it means it's already done somewhere. And you might just be the human being. And God says, I'm going to get this into the earth realm all because you dared to ask me and you dared to ask me for something big. The best has yet to be seen in your life. God's going to blow your mind. Father, I thank you for this house. I thank you for this family. I thank you, Lord, that this Thursday night in prayer, we're going to contend for some things, declare some things, speak some things, and we're going to see it happen. I thank you, Lord, that this upcoming Sunday, we'll have more than enough volunteers. I'm leaving for 350, maybe up to 500 families to be impacted by what you're allowing this family to do in Edmond. We give you thanks in advance for letting your kingdom come and your will be done here in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Look forward to seeing you on Thursday night. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.